Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services. Dia Services of Cassidy for all of your green handling needs. Kotick Radiator in Air Conditioning of Maddox. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. The Here and Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here on Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation. McVeigh Insurance Agency, Bayport State Bank, Elber Insurance Agency, Thumb Bank and Trust, Community Strong for over 125 years, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services on the Blazing Speed, their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of the of Thumb Broadcast Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. prohibited. The 2020 football season will go down in the history books for all of the wrong reasons. A three-week delay to start the season, a change in playoff format to allow all teams, limited fans in the stands, no marching bands, a six-week hold in the middle of the playoffs, in finishing the 2020 season in 2021. Sounds normal, right? Well, the important thing is that hopefully it is all in the rearview mirror and is a clean slate for the 2021 football season. Good evening once again. My name is Clark Ramsey. I am your host for tonight's game, and this begins my 11th football season for the WLW Sports Network. For 10 of those years, to my right has been the same person, Dave Hansen, in-game analyst and a true fan of the game. It's good to have you back in the booth for the start of your 10th season with the WLW Sports Network. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years, but glad to be back after uh, last year's uh, season. We are glad that's behind us, and let's hope this one continues on the right path. Making his way back for his ninth year with us would be our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Each and every week since 2013, Doug Cole has run the roads all the way from Livonia, Michigan, and handles all the offensive and defensive stats for us. So we sound like we at least know what we're talking about. Doug, it's always a great day when the reigning media roundtable champion is back with us in person. Thank you, Clark. Can't believe it's been uh, nine years. I know 2020 was a uh, tumultuous year, but I'm glad we got some games in, and uh, hopefully we have a full season. And it's been way too long since uh, we've had dining with Doug, so please, ever it's killing us. Where did you stop on the ride up? Sure, I've uh, said this one before. Uh, usually when I head up to Harbor Beach, it's usually smallies are uh, – Junction Bowie in Marysville. This uh, week it was Junction Bowie. I had a uh, fish and chips. I was right next to the uh, river, and it was really good. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Always for that. Oh, re- always for that restaurant. Thank goodness. Dining <laughs> with Doug can continue for at least another week. <laughs> On our opposite flank would be our world-renowned director of visual data, Dan Banky, better known as a spotter. Already into his fourth year with us, Dan Banky is a large, very large reason that we were able to relay the game back to you with such precision with ball carriers, tacklers, and even game trends. If Colonel Sanders has 11 secret herbs and spices, Dan Banky is certainly our secret ingredient to a successful broadcast. Dan, good to have you back. Thanks, Clark. I'm glad to be back. Uh going to be some fans in the seats that's awesome it is great and we are really glad to have you because uh, this first game can get a little you never know with technology and everything else so <laughs> at least with you helping us guide away we'll be all right i have officially adjusted our director of game data analytics schedule to a part-time or laid-off basis <laughs> rochelle ramsey will be joining us every so often to handle our game log this season tonight is not one of those nights though too hot 
<laughs> well, actually, I told her she didn't need to come. Uh, we look forward to having her back in the booth with us sometime soon. I, I like how you like to pretend that you get to make the decision that, but uh, we'll, we'll let you have your moment there. But that one was, I will say, that was that was my decision, and it comes down to the fact of it's one less TV, it's one less laptop, it's one less headset. There's a lot of gear that's required when her shell's here, and not that we don't appreciate it, but... It is nice to be a little bit more efficient uh, setup. I understand. You're digging yourself a hole. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. The Bad Axe Hatchets and Harbor Beach Fires have played each other every year since 2006, with the exception of last year, when the first three weeks of the regular season were canceled due to those science and data-driven decisions last fall. The Pirates have won 12 of the last 14 games since 2006, excuse me. The last coming in a surprise Week 1 victory in 2015 with Tommy Morneau and crew winning 20-6. to Yeah, so looking back on it, it shouldn't have been a surprise. That Tommy Morneau crew was, was very good, and he was a very special talent. So uh, don't be surprised if something like that happens tonight. We were, we've been talking about this game for a week or so, and I don't know if anybody's tipped their hand. This is going to be a great game for four quarters. The 2021 football season is upon us, and it's Bad Axe and Harbor Beach doing battle on the Thumbs Sunrise side. It's all right here on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and WLWSports.com. Up next, we'll have our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. And now listen to our replays in podcast form. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. It's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than Thompson Chevrolet Find New Roads. From the from joining me tonight in the flesh from the Huron County View, the Dan Campbell of the Round Table, Paul P. Adams, winless in the preseason. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen, the top spotter in Huron County, Dan Banky, and our back-to-back, potentially back-to-back-to-back. We'll have to check the r- rulings. Media Roundtable champion and director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we will keep score of our area's games, predictions, and when that time comes, we'll deem a media roundtable winner. Last year, Doug Cole blasted through the competition, securing five victories in just eight total broadcasts. Yeah, it was a good year last year. The last couple of years have been good, and uh, looking for a three-peat. Man of confidence. Congratulations, Doug. I but, uh, you know, as Clark said, uh, I'm the Dan Campbell of the roundtable, so I'm going after some kneecaps this year, and it starts tonight. Well, we know how well that went over with the national media. So <laughs> so how it works, each media representative picks a winner in the final score for tonight's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner then I, Clark Ramsey will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Dave won... Well, let's see. Let me think about this here. Now, Dave, you did not win most recently. Doug won last year, so he will be going last. So tonight's order is Paul P. Adams leading off, followed by Dave Hansen, Dan Banky, and then last year's champion, Doug Cole. Paul P. Adams, the tea is yours. Oh, let me tell you, folks, this is not where you want to be in a media roundtable because I got sharks around me just waiting for me to make a pick so they can go up and over and around me. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. So there's some strategy involved in this. You said... Uh, uh, in the last segment that Bad Axe has lost, or Harbor Beach has won the last 12 
of the last 14 games. Well, guess what? Bad X is going to get a win tonight. It's going to be 12 out of the last 15. Um, there's some strategy involved in this pick. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but I'm talking myself into it during the break, and I'm going to go with a score of 22 to 14. Uh, the Bad Axe Hatchets with the victory. 22 to 14, a victory for Bad Axe Hatchets, according to Paul B. Adams, eight in his favor. Dave Hansen. I love it. I love it. It's glad, I'm glad to have you guys back. This is this is great. So, uh, a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball. We see we're going to see a couple juniors taking over the backfield for the Bad X Hatchets. They lost their top pass rusher, Vinny Blackstock, at quarterback. You go on the other side of the ball, they lose their dual threat quarterback. Going to bring in a new guy. Both teams have similar question marks. I'm going with the team that tends to win. Every year, in and out, give me Harbor Beach, and it's nothing against Bad X. There's too many question marks on that team. If this was week three or four, it might be different. Give me Harbor Beach, home field advantage. I'll take the Pirates 28-14. 28-14, a 14-point victory in favor of the Pirates, according to Dave Hansen. Dan Banky. Well, I was the same boat as these guys. Uh, I've been going back and forth, back and forth. Um, early in the year, going to be some mistakes, so it's battles and turnovers. And uh, all I've been hearing all year is uh, how the quarterback uh, for Harbor Beach, um, Tatton Babcock, Tatton Babcock is the real deal. So I'm going with that, and I think he's going to come through at the end. And uh, Harbor Beach wins in a close one, 20 to 14. 20 to 14, a six-point victory in favor of the Harbor Beach Pirates, according to Dan Banky, 20 to 14. And last but not least, certainly not least, our reigning meteor-round table champion, Doug Cole. Well, obviously, like you guys mentioned, we don't know much about these uh, teams uh, because it's the first game. I'm going to, uh, with the team that I just trust more and has more um, of a winning tradition the last 15 years. I got Harbor Beach winning 30-14 uh, to 14 against Bad Axe, but I could be totally wrong. Bad Axe uh, had obviously had a great year last year, but they did lose a lot, so uh, should be a good game. Okay, so Doug Cole also takes Harbor Beach by 16, 30 to 14. So the picks are in. Paul P. Adams, Bayern's Lonesome, taking Bad Axe by 8 points, 22 to 14. Dave Hansen taking Harbor Beach 28 to 14 by four, 14 points. Dan Banky taking Harbor Beach by 6 points, 20 to 14. And Doug Cole taking Harbor Beach by 16, 30 to 14. Gentlemen, I hope you do not realize that you the losing team does not need to score 14 points in the meter <laughs> 10. That's the first time that's certainly happened. For, for the record, uh, I said 14 first. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, guys. Okay, moving along, let's take a look. We have a very long list of games going on tonight. We'll start out in eight-player football tonight in Thursday, taking place in Mayville, Genesee is traveling to Mayville to take on the Wildcats. I would be lying if I said I knew anything about these teams other than Mayville lost a ton of talent last year, and I think Genesee was one of the uh, teams that could score. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, uh, with the, I think they're the Wolves. I'm going to go with Genesee in this one. I just think Mayville lost so much last year, it's going to be hard to overcome that. Uh, again, the eight, our eight-player teams overall are a little down this year so there's going to be a lot of question marks and wondering what's going on uh, i'm going to take mayville at home i'm just going to trust that momentum they had last year is going to carry over but i do know they're a very young team 
In the North Central Thumb League, we have Flint International and Morris in Morris tonight. Morris is traditionally one of the best teams in the state. Obviously, we don't get a ton of information from them, but uh, I'll just go on past history, pick the uh, Orioles in this one. Couldn't have said it better. I'll take Morris until proven wrong. Kingston at New Haven Merritt. This game is taking place tomorrow night. I'll go with Kingston in this game. Um, you know, traditionally a, a pretty steady program. You know, they've, they've kind of hit, hit a, a rocky patch lately, but New Haven Merritt has not been one of the better teams in the in the NCTL at all. So uh, Kingston's a pretty safe bet. In this give, me the, give me the team with some history. I, I like Kingston as well. North Huron at Burton, Burton Atherton in the only NCTL crossover game this first week tonight. I, I think this is a great crossover for North Huron. Burton Atherton's not a, 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 a big-time program. This should be a, a game where North Huron can get its feet wet and, and get a good uh, quality crossover victory and, and get their season started off right. So give me the Warriors. I, th- I think North Huron wins quite handily, but it's a great game for them to uh, not necessarily showcase case the entire time and work in the rest of the offense and build on that for future weeks. In the NCTL Stripes Division, CPS at Bay City All Saints, Caseville at Ashley, Akron Fairgrove at Peck. Uh, I did hear basically the All Saints could be one of those surprise teams in that in that stripes division. So, you know, I'll pick them over CPS. I love what CPS has got. They got a great coach building a program over there. Not quite there yet. Um, Caseville, Ashley. Uh, Caseville's desperately looking for that win. Ashley's not a great program. This might be an opportunity, but I'll go with Ashley. And uh, – Pack over Akron Farrow. Completely agree. I was going to point out that if Caseville was was going to get themselves a much needed victory tonight, would be a great shot to go out and take one down there in Ashley. Deckerville out of conference play against Auburn Hills, Oakland Christian tonight at 7 p.m. No idea what Oakland Christian has. Um, I'll go with the traditional powerhouse with Deckerville. I, I just think fundamentally and defensively, Deckerville is usually more physical than opposing teams. I will go with them as well, even though Deckerville is a little down compared to the last five years. Shifting our attention to 11-player football, the only crossover game in the Greater Thumb Conference, of course, is tonight. Bad Axe at Harbor Beach. We've already done our picks there. Moving on into to Greater Thumb Conference teams playing out of conference. Sandusky Redskins at Saginaw Valley, the Panthers. Sandusky is down. They're hurting for kids. They lost a giant senior class. Too many question marks for me. I'll take Saginaw Valley. I agree 100% with Dave. Saginaw Valley for all the reasons that he said. Burton Bendel at Brown City. Burton Bendel traditionally hasn't been anybody that we've really worried about. Give me the Green Devils in that game. Yeah, give me the Green Devils. They're, they're breaking in a new offense, going with the spread offense. Burton Bendel, not a great team. It's a good game for Brown City to start a new offense with. Uh, excited to see maybe uh, them, them change their fortunes around. And the Yellow Jackets of Memphis co-oping this year with Kimball Landmark. So they are technically the largest school in the Greater Conference. Clearly, numbers don't matter as far as quality here. Memphis at Burton Bentley in Burton. It's still Memphis until proven otherwise. They have not had a lot of success uh, in this conference. I'll take Burton Bentley blindly. Uh, uh, Burton Bentley is one of the teams Memphis can actually match up with. I'm going to go with the Yellow Jackets in this one. They get a couple of those uh, kids from Kimball New Life. It's going to give them the edge. And then New Haven at K-Pack tonight. I uh, don't know a whole lot about either of those two teams. So Here, uh, Here's what I know. K-Pack is not a very good team. I'll go with New Haven. Coin right. flip is New Haven as well. All right, let's move on into the Greer West teams. Lakers at Flint Beecher tonight in Flint, one of the more intriguing games. Very intriguing game. I would have liked to see Lakers have a maybe a slightly easier opponent to uh, start their uh, – 
their new tenure with a new coach and a new offense. I'm going to go with the Beecher Bucks in this one. Just I, I think there's some kinks to work out for, for Lakers, and that's a team that's going to grow as the season progresses. Um, that's a tough place to go there. I was I was there. Um, I was actually there earlier. Oh, no, last November. Uh, very, very tough place to play. I think, uh, I think Lakers is going to go down, but it could be a very close game. Would completely would not be surprised if Lakers goes out and wins this game by any score. I could, but we just don't know. Too many changes for me. No change in Flint Beecher there. Always solid. Week one, I, I got to go with the home team there. Moving on to Cassidy at Millington tonight. This is a game we got robbed of last year. This this would have been one of the marquee games in the area a year ago. But now, I mean, as we said on the strong side last night, Cassidy is in the same boat as Sandusky. They just lost so much. Uh, Millington being a traditional powerhouse uh, team, I'm going to go with the with Millington in this game just because Cassidy lost so much. Too many important pieces. Now injuries are starting to creep in. Give me Millington there. And, of course, we have Birch Run at Carroll, Otisville, Lakeville, and Vassar. Uh, Birch Run is actually one of the teams that Carroll matches up really well against uh, in the past history. That's a team that Carroll's been able to beat. I think they're going to be able to continue that trend, so give me the Tigers in that one. And uh, give me anybody against Lakeville. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Vulcans against Lakeville. I'll take both uh, Greater Thumb Conference teams as well. Give me Carroll and Vassar in those games. And our, we have two games taking place tomorrow night on Friday, and that would be USA at Ubley and then Reese at Marlette. Two very intriguing games. A couple teams that we really got our eyes on. Marlette possibly being the dark horse team in the East. Reese all of a sudden is Opening some eyes of the other coaches, uh, in our eyes, but uh, (laughs) we don't know exactly, so we want to know what those picks are going to be like. Ubley USA, of course, is always going to open eyes, but I will take the Bearcats until proven different in any game they play this regular season, and I said in last night's show, I have to go with the Reese Rockets on the road in week one. Yeah, that that Ubley uh, USA game is a game I'll have uh, eyes on. I'll be covering tomorrow night. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, Ubley's got bitten by the injury bug a little bit here uh, early in the season, so they're going to have to uh, shift some players around but with that said I still think just the talent's too much and USA has had a heck of a time uh, winning the game over at Ubley they just they, they can't win on win there so I'll go with Ubley there and uh, I'm going to go with the Reese Rockets over what seems to be an improved Marlette team but maybe not improved that much. We are 32 minutes away from kicking off the 2021 season and this experts have spoken as far as our media round table goes Paul P. Adams, the lone take one taking the Bad Axe Hatchets, winning by eight points. Dave Hansen, Dan Banky, and Doug Cole, each taking Harbor Beach. Dave Hansen at 14, Doug Cole at 16, and Dan Banky at plus six in favor of the Pirates. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll be taking a look at those Bad Axe Hatchets on the road tonight against the Harbor Beach Pirates. In the game of the week, on the WLW Sports Network, your home for high school football. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Dan Banky, Doug Cole with your call tonight from the friendly confines of Harbor Beach, Michigan. Harbor Beach is hosting the Bad Axe Hatches in a week one matchup of the 2021 season. It feels great to be back in this booth, in the stands, and we see some fans actually in the stands. We've exceeded the 2020 capacity already. The Bad Axe Hatchets, 
Let's talk about them. Cal Pokley took over the Banax football program just about a month before the pandemic shut down the entire world. In 2019, he was the junior varsity coach for Banax, going undefeated and has been a teacher at Banax schools for now over five years and was previously the junior high coach before that. It's obvious that Cal Pokley has a close relationship with his players and it has paid dividends in his first year at the helm with a divisional title and a playoff victory in tow. Well, I'm glad you mentioned his first season and all these other coaches. Coach Durr took over 2016. He went 1-8. and eight. Mark Minetti, when he was coach, 0-9 his first season. Cal Pokley 5-3, a very respectable start. Uh, co-division champs. I mean, it was a very productive season for the Bad Axe Hatchets. That's the best first year a Bad Axe coach has had since back in 2001 when Rich Jarek took over the team, and they went 7-3. and three. So off to a good start, something that they've been searching for from a coaching staff. Last season in Cal Pogley's first game as head coach, they ran into a bit of a buzzsaw home against a very talented Sandusky squad, losing 36-6. to six. But then for the next four weeks, the Hatchets collected four wins, shutting out Caro 30 36-0 on the road, a win at Reese, 17-7, a home shutout victory against Vassar, 55-0, and then a win at Lakers, 27-6. That was enough momentum and damage to secure a share of the Greater Than West title, going 4-0 divisional play. Unfortunately for the Hatchets, though, they saw their quarterback, Vinny Blackstack, go down with an injury and has since graduated, making way for Griffin Meinhold to take the reins. You're absolutely right. You're going to see the two running backs in the backfield. They can both play quarterback, both play running back. You mentioned Griffin Meinhold. He filled in and played the biggest role for this team last year, and that experience is second to none. You know, he had 33 yards rushing against Lakers. He threw three passes, completed all three for 28 yards and a score. He's going to play a very vital role. Keaton Brown is the other one you want to keep an eye on between the two of them those two juniors they are going to run that wing offense where they run right run left either one of them can throw the ball either one of them can run the ball that deceptiveness is what they're going to try and incorporate on this harbor beach defense with last year being the first year for the coaching staff stands for the last thing on their mind especially during a pandemic so unfortunately we do not have much to go off of statistically what we do know is that banax made every single yard count in their two wins against lakers in their first win they accumulated just 179 total offensive yards and then their playoff victory just 105 yards on offense. How did they come out with the victory? Key defensive plays. It's not a remedy to live by, though. Good defense is excellent. You have to have that, and I expect their defense to play well again tonight. But that offense, you have to be able to have more than 170 yards in any given game. But you mentioned some of those key defensive plays. We were all there when Jake McPhee literally took the ball from a running back and just went the other direction, lost the cameraman and everything. Nobody realized he had it. It was a phenomenal play. But they forced five turnovers against Lakers in the first win, four fumbles and interceptions. So those defense created those extra necessary opportunities for the offense. <clears throat> Excuse me. And since then, Toby McPhee, the other defensive end, has graduated. So it's going to be a lot of pressure on younger brother Jake McPhee to hold down that pass rush and cause some chaos in the backfield. Bad X's second victory against Lakers ended a 43-year yard, drought, securing a playoff victory for the first time since 1978. John Blackstock led his Hatchets all the way to the state final, defeating DeWitt and then Ishpeming before falling to Forest Hills Northern in the state championship 16-18 to back in 1978. Since that season, Bad Axe has only had nine seasons where they finished above the 500 mark, with last year being the 10th. This is Cal Pokley's first game against Hyrule Beach. If he can grab a victory tonight, he will be the first Bad Axe coach since Kevin Burns in 1985 to defeat the Pirates in their first very try. 
We are just 23 minutes away from kicking off the 2021 season. The Bad Axe Hatchets on the road against the Harbor Beach Pirates. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. The WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Bank with your call tonight from Harbor Beach, Michigan, as the Bad Axe Hatchets are on the road, taking on their host, the Harbor Beach Pirates. For the last 255 games that Harbor Beach has played, they've had the same head coach for every single game in Troy Shelke. Over that time, the Pirates have gone 174 in 81, winning 68% of all their games since 1997. In fact, since 1965, Harbor Beach has had just two coaches, Jack Dillon and Troy Shelke. That is what I call consistency in a program. It sure is, and both of them are obviously one's already in the Hall of Fame. We got another one that's going to be Troy Shelke, 174 and 81. 25th year as a head coach. She's got seven district titles, five regionals, five semifinal appearances, one state championship in 2012, eight seasons with at least 10 wins, and the last 10 years, he's won 78% of his games going 89 and 24. Pretty darn good. Last year for the Pirates, it was a bit of an up-and-down season. They started with a win against Ubley 16-14 at home, who the Bearcats went on to play in the state championship. But then Harbor Beach lost to Sandusky in an offensive shootout 42-30 and then got shut out on the road at Cass City 38-0. Then they started to turn the corner, defeating Rogers City 37-0 and Marlette 38-20, but then dropped a game at home to USA, losing 36-0. They beat Saginaw MLS in the first week of the playoffs, 38-6 in commanding fashion, but then they were put into COVID protocol and had to forfeit their game against Flint Beecher, ending their season. As a result, the Pirates saw one of their best quarterbacks in program history graduate. Dual threat quarterback, Dylan Kadar could run, he could throw, he played defensive back. He was 37-71, of 71. he had 682 yards passing. Uh, eight passing TDs, obviously averaging one a game. That's a vital part of their offense that now is in question. Not sure if they're going to be able to duplicate those passing numbers. If they are, this offense will be very difficult to stop. But uh, his best game was obviously against Sandusky when he went 15-22 for 357 yards and four TDs, a school record. Taking his place would be junior play caller, but already his second year on varsity for Harbor Beach. Tanton Babcock was one of Kadar's favorite ta- targets and receivers last year. This time around, he'll be under center and in the shotgun for the Pirates. And I think this is a good transition for Tanton Babcock. Big kid, very athletic, great hands. He had 219 yards receiving, caught five of those eight passing touchdowns that Dylan Kadar had last year. He had a game against MLS where he carried the ball 12 times for 100 yards and two scores. So very athletic. And I think knowing the playbook, understanding what it means to be a receiver in this offense, transitioning to the quarterback becomes a little bit easier. But this is his first real test against a quality team in Bad Axe to run the offense, to be the play caller. 
We'll see how he handles that pressure in his first game. Last year, Harbor Beach struggled to establish their running game early. Against Sandusky, the Pirates were held to a negative seven yards rushing the ball on 17 carries. In the following week against Cass City, they accumulated just 36 yards on 23 carries. As the season rolled on, Harbor Beach started to put somewhat of a run game together, rushing for 273 yards in four scores against Saginaw MLS on 39 carries. But for the 2021 season, the Pirates return their top three backs in Luke Woodkey, Levi Klasky, and Caden Boyton. There's two things that's going to make this Harbor Beach team very competitive with a playoff run. They have to get tougher up front. I know we don't want to talk about defense, and it's week one, and here I am. That defense needs to get tougher up front. They need to stop the running game. On the other side of the ball, you can't have games where you average negative seven yards rushing in a game between your tailbacks. That is impossible to win those games. So these guys are going to be asked to play a bigger role. Luke Woodkey will be the primary back. But Levi Levi Klasky, Caden Boynton especially, a lot of upside with these kids. And if they can take the heat off and make some big runs, this offense all of a sudden has three, four, five weapons that makes them tough to defend. In 2020, the Pirates allowed over 22 points a game on defense, their worst year since 2016 when they finished 4-5. and five. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the direct comparison between the Harbor Beach Pirates and the Bad Axe Hatchets. It's all right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. 15 minutes away from kicking off. As the crow flies, 18 miles separate Bannocks and Harbor Beach schools by vehicle at just one mile, 19 miles east at M142, and turn right at 5th Street. If you hit water, you've gone too far. In regards to school size, there are 151 more hatchets than Pirates. Bad Axe High School is clocked in at 359, according to the MHSA, the third largest school in the Greater Them Conference. Harbor Beach is the second smallest at 208 students. Interesting fact, though, just three schools in the entire Greyrotham Conference gained students compared to the previous year. Harbor Beach was one of them with two, Sandusky with 19, and Bad Axe by far the largest increase at 68. So school size, Bad Axe has the advantage by 151. Tonight marks the 50th time, that's right, 5-0, that the Hatchers and Pirates have played each other in football. Last year was the first year since 2005 that Bad Axe and Harbor Beach did not play each other. The longest stretch of games that took place between 1969 and 1996, with Harbor Beach's Jack Dillon winning 15 and Bad Axe taking 11. Overall, Harbor Beach has the upper hand in the matchup with 29 Pirate victories, 20 for the Hatchets. The average score since 1950, Harbor Beach 23, Banax 15. More recently, the Pirates have won 9 of the last 10 games by an average score of 43 to 10. Using last year's numbers on offense, so take it with a grain of salt, Banax had the 7th best offense in the Greer Thumb Conference, scoring an average of 22 points a game. Harbor Beach was number 8, averaging just over 22. So on offense, last year it was Banax by 8 tenths of a point. Defensively, in 2020, Bad Axe boasted the fifth-best defense, Harbor Beach at number seven. The Hatchets allowed two touchdowns a game at 14.4. But Harbor Beach a little over three touchdowns, giving up 22.3 a game. Based on last year's averages on defense, it's Bad Axe by 7.9. 
Las Vegas has set their line for the game, and they're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Johnson & Johnson Sports Wagering Department sent out factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight's game sits at Harbor Beach, five and a half points. Tonight is the 238th day of the year, meaning there's just 127 days until New Year's Eve. Dave, have any plans? Uh, no, not yet. I'll have okay. a better answer next right. time. Though. All right, let me know. I'd like to say hello to all of our listeners back with us for yet another season. It feels great to be back in the booth after missing the playoffs 2.0 last year. The sounds of the gridiron are back in the air, and the sweet aroma of football is overtaking, which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question. The topic? Spices. Oh, boy. Okay. Spices. <clears throat> Why not? Saffron is the world's most expensive spice, costing anywhere between $3,000 and $5,000 per pound of saffron. My question to you is, what flower is saffron harvested from? This may surprise you. I'm an expert in saffron. Oh, really? No. Um, <laughs> I'll go with uh, um, the first flower that comes to mind. We'll go with, how about a, how about a water lily? Nope. It's uh, from the saffron crocus. The crocus. The fall-blooming purple-flowered saffron crocus and the actual saffron spice is derived from the stigmas, or the little fuzzy things inside of the bloom. In order to harvest saffron, each crocus has just three very small stigmas in which you have to pluck from the flower manually, making for a very labor-intensive and expensive process. The second most expensive spice behind saffron is vanilla. At around $500 a pound, nearly 80% of the world's vanilla crop is harvested in a very obscure region of the world. Dave, where is the majority of the world's vanilla grown? We're starting out with some good ones here for you. Yeah, wow. Um, I... Based on your last clue, I'm going to get it wrong, but I actually thought that a lot of vanilla was produced in Mexico, so that's going to be my guess, but that's not going to be the answer. Well, I'll give you partial credit for historical reasons. It used to be mostly Mexico, but now it's Madagascar. What is a strange that is that vanilla is not even native to Madagascar, but it has its origins in South and Central America. When Spain colonized the Americas, it took vanilla back with them to the West Indies and eventually Madagascar, where it thrived in its climate. A vanilla plant will only flower for a few hours, and it's during that time that it needs to be pollinated to produce fruit. Yes, vanilla is a fruit. And much like other spices, vanilla is very labor-intensive to harvest and then to make into a final product, hence the price. So Dave, my final question to you, this is a simple one. You should know this right off the top of your head. Who made vanilla so popular in the United States? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Believe it or not, Thomas mm. Jefferson, when he was Secretary of State for the United States, he discovered vanilla while spending his time in France. He brought it home with him and popularized it as the single most common flavor of ice cream. Today, the United States is the largest importer of vanilla in the entire world, consuming 44% of the world's commodity of vanilla, roughly $525 million worth of vanilla. Speaking of a hot commodity, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? Well, we're going to start with the road team, the Bad X Hatchets. They have a very important task tonight, and that's find a way to make that offense a little better. The key tonight is to extend drives. they got to keep the chains moving. They don't have to score points, but this team... 
averaged in a couple of their big wins against their rivals, the Lakers, last year. Both of those games, they did not hit 200 yards of total offense in either one of those games. That's not going to be good enough. If they come up with 150 yards tonight, Heart Beach is going to win. It's just not enough. So hopefully these two young guns between Keaton Brown and Griffin Meinhold, that they can work together, create some big plays, but do enough to keep Harbor Beach's defense on the field. And the other side of the ball, I kind of tipped my hand a little bit. This defensive line has to get after it. They can't allow themselves to be pushed back for three yards at a time because if so, that's going to make this bad X offense more comfortable and these young kids are going to play better faster. And the other side of the ball is Tanton Babcock. Who's helping this guy at quarterback? We know Luke Woodkey's there. Is Caden Boynton going to be the man this year? Is is Klasky going to be the guy this year? Or is there somebody else? So we know Tanton Babcock is ready to play. Expectations are high. But what happens after that? Harbor Beach needs to find those X-Factor players that Babcock can connect with, whether it's running the ball or it's throwing the ball downfield. It's time for a short break. We're three minutes away from starting our 2021 season right here on the WLEW Sports Network. You can feel the intensity in the air. The 2021 football season is just moments away. We're less than two minutes away from kicking off. Both teams are on the field going through their warm-up routines. And everyone is squaring things away. 90 seconds, then let's go through their current conditions in Harbor Beach, Michigan. It's 73 degrees with sunny skies. They're calling for a 15% chance of rain this evening. Winds are out of the north-northeast at... 6 miles per hour and guessing up to 15. Visibility is at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is at 30.11 inches and it's dropping. Watch out. And it feels like it's 73 degrees. The humidity is at 83%. Sunset is at 819 tonight and we're currently in a waxing gibbous moon phase. The favorite moon phase of our broadcast team here. Harbor Beach won the toss, elected to defer, so on let's go back to our sunrise sunset. 6.50 and 8.19 is your sunrise sunset, so I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. Your officials tonight, your referee would be Jeff Clossing, umpire Ron Matthews, linesman is Damian Pollack, line judge Terry Harrington, and your back judge is Steve DeSeller, all from the Blue Water Port Huron area, ranging all the way up to Croswell. Dave Hanson, any initial thoughts here before we listen to our national anthem? No, just we are. I am ready to be back. The field looks like it's in perfect shape, and the crowd just keeps piling in. They are excited for football, and so are we. So I can't wait to get this game underway. And uh, we'd just like to point one thing out. Thank you to Mike Bogan for bringing this to our attention. Own Gage is co-opting with Badax, so hence that larger number, that 68 student increase in Badax's MHSA number, that is co-opting with Own Gage. So that's where that number is growing a little bit to that 68 number increase. Right now, let's listen in to our national anthem with the American Legion on hand from Harbor Beach.
There's just something around fall football that makes it just feel everything is normal for once, Dave, in the first time for about 19 months. Uh, it's nice to be able to do something that we've been planning on and have scheduled for a while. So, yeah, I'm with you there, but... Uh, the temperature's a little higher than I remember it, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to go nonetheless. And this is a historic moment for our broadcast team tonight. First time in 11 years, we're wearing shorts. First time. First time for everything, I suppose. We do, ha- we do have new rules. We have, if it's 75 degrees or warmer, automatic shorts for our broadcast team. 70 to 75 depends on the humidity, and I have, uh, as executive producer, I have authority to make that call, and then under 70 Winter coats. Uh, yeah, one of yeah, my winter coats. One, one of my yeah. new least favorite slogans has just now hit the booth. Uh, I guess that's our new normal. The so. new normal. Yeah, there you go, Dave, with the first cliche of the evening. Like we said, Harbor Beach won the toss, elected to defer to the second half, so they will be kicking off to start this game. Number six, Luke Woodkey is your kicker for Harbor Beach. He's held that uh, position for quite a number of years here. Now his third year on varsity. He's a six foot one, hundred eighty five pound senior and has a special cleat that he wears just for kickoffs. Deep back for the Mad Axe Hatchets, standing currently at their about 12-yard line, would be number seven, Griffin Meinhold. Prospective quarterback for this team, or the closest thing to a quarterback in a single-wing offense, as well as Blake Tulaski, number 20. Mad Axe in their road white uniforms, blue and yellow stripes down the sides, blue helmets with with their hatchet on either side, and navy stripes on their sleeves, with blue numbers with yellow outlines, hatchets across their back, bat axe across their chest. Harbor Beach in their home, black uniforms, traditional white helmet with a black face mask, white numbers, orange outline, and an ombre effect of orange down the other sides. I've been reading the dictionary in my spare time, Dave. I don't believe that you have any spare time in your life, so <laughs> I'll call you out on that right away. Okay, close enough. I tried. A beautiful night for football indeed. It's a nice breeze for once. The Lakeshore has benefited Harbor Beach with a nice little cooler temperature than inland per se. And it's coming off the lake. It is still a little bit balmy here in the tower as the windows are in the completely wrong direction per se. But we are making do. Luke Woodkey has the hand up. 12 minutes are on the clock in the 2021 football season is officially underway as the kick is up in the air and it's booted all the way down over the heads and it hits at the two-yard line and it goes into the end zone for a touchback. The wind slightly in his advantage, so the Bad Axe Hatchets will start this drive out at their own 20-yard line. That's impressive kick there. That thing was, like I said, landed right about the two and uh, completely over the the return men's head. Not even a chance of returning that ball. So excellent field position for the Harbor Beach defense. Bad Axe on the road. Couple underclassmen taking over the backfield. Going to have to go the full length of the field on this Harbor Beach defense. Badax coming out in their single wing offense, rushing up to the line. Your center would be Noah Brown. He's a, also plays defensive tackle and a junior in the backfield. Number twelve, Evan Shank, and number eleven, Keaton Brown. There's the. Set. There's the snap, direct snap to Keaton Brown coming around the right side, has still on his feet, breaks one tackle nearly to the first down marker, and he's ripped out of bounds at the 27-yard line, ripped out of bounds by outside linebacker Keaton Boynton for the Pirates, 5'11", 175-pound senior for the Pirates. It's a gain of six on the play, according to the spot, second down and four. And you'll see a ton of that type of action in the backfield. That's how they start, direct snap. 
to the quarter to the quarterback to the running back whatever position he is but it goes directly to Keaton Brown it's a design run around the outside and there's nobody over there no linebackers no outside contain the right side of that offensive line does a great job sealing off the defensive end and a great start for Keaton Brown in this offense and it's another straight direct snap to Keaton Brown cuts back inside tries to find a gap he has the first down across the 30 and finally ripped down to the 32 yard line Mike Callen Rogan Muck a defensive tackle junior for Howard Beach move the chains for Bad X same play just the opposite direction to the large the bigger side of the field that time Harbor Beach recovered nicely they force Keaton Brown to come cut back and go up the middle but he does just enough to cross that first down marker and the first first down of the season for the Bad X Hatchets a five-yard gain for Keaton Brown and the Hatchets moving the chains out to the 32-yard line moving right to left across your radio three yards inside the left hash in their road white uniforms Way in the snap, they set, trying to set them offside. His direct snap to Brown once again, coming around the left end to the near sideline. And there's jumping out of his tackle, gang tackle down by the Pirates, led by Matt Hessling out of the secondary for the Pirates. And after just a two-yard, maybe three-yard gain out to the 35-yard line. That was a nice play by Matt Hessling. He's able to shed the blocker, which is Griffin Meinhold, step up, and he catches Keaton Brown flat-footed at the right time. No way, not unable to break a tackle and a short gain on first down. Second down, seven from the 35-yard line. We've played one minute of football so far in this season. 10.55 left in the first quarter. Bannacks on their second set of downs on their first drive. Noel Braun leaving, leading the team up as center down to the 35, working right at the left hash now. New man in the backfield, that'd be Devin Howard, and his direct snap to Keaton Brown coming back to the right side. He has the first down and dragged down at the 44-yard line by Luke Woodkey, middle linebacker for the Pirates. And that is enough to move the chains in a nine-yard gain for the Hatchets. Second first down is tonight. It's a little different that time. You see both guys in the backfield pretending to take the snap, but Devin Howard's not fooling anybody. 44, fullback in the backfield. They go with the quarterback keeper to the right, and instead of this time trying to fool the defense, this time... Times Devin Howard is the lead blocker, and he picks up that linebacker that's been kind of leaning over there and allows Brown to scoot right up the middle and get a nice gain and a first down. Evan Shank replaces Keaton Brown. He's in the backfield as well as that'd be a McPhee, and as well as number 44, Howard gets the snap. He goes into the trenches, and not much going there, but move forward progress has him across the 45 out to the 47-yard line. Caden Boynton on the linebacking core for the Pirates makes the stop after a three-yard gain, second down and seven. Devin Howard taking the direct snap, Evan Shank then becoming that lead blocker, so same play as the last one, just a little different personnel. It looks like Brown is able to go out with, he had every carry leading up to that one. He goes out, get a breather, they give him the next play call, he rotates back in and certainly will uh, take the snap on this play. Sending a receiver wide to the left this time. That's Jack Hollingsworth. Plays linebacker on defense. Second down and seven from the 47-yard line of Maddox's own territory. Working off the right hash, direct snap to Keaton Brown. Gets through the trenches, through that A gap, and he's headed up. And they're going to say, you're going to mark him down at the inside Harbor Beach territory at the 47-yard line on the other side of the 50. Brought down by in tandem by Keaton Boyton and Luke Woodkey. Short of the first down marker by a yard at the 47, third down and a yard to go. Uh, it hasn't been pretty, but it's been completely effective. They've been unable to find Keaton Brown showing a little patience waiting for plays to develop and so far that Harbor Beach defense has not been able to stand up to the test in the trenches the Bad X offensive line has been holding their own arguably winning on these plays and just slowly and methodically pushing their way now into pirate territory 
At the 47, they need to get to the 46 for a new set of downs. Third in the yard to go inside Harvey's territory. Keaton Brown gets the snap, and Harvey meets him in the backfield, but he has, on a second effort, gets out to the 45. As Caden Boynton nearly brought him down in the backfield, he gets out of that tackle and gets out for a two-yard gain out to the 45. Move the chains for Keaton Brown. And bringing that one down would be number six, Luke Woodkey. That's all Brown on that play, guys. Caden Boynton had him in the backfield, and Brown just completely runs through him and breaks that tackle, and it takes two other Pirate defenders to bring him down, but a heck of an a heck of an individual effort to get that first down by the quarterback, Brown. First and 10 from the Harbor Reach 45-yard line. We've played nearly four minutes, three minutes and 42 seconds to be exact. First and 10, Banax was just there, picked up their third first down of this evening on their first drive here. Working off the right hash, receiver wide to the left once again. That's Jack Hollingsworth. And looks like Keaton Brown being worked on on the sideline already with some cramps. It's a hot, sticky night here in week number week one. And Howard is met at the line of scrimmage on the direct snap, and he's going to be pushed back. And they're going to say four progress has him stopped to the original line of scrimmage at the 45. Luke Woodkey hit him first, and then the big man 74, Grant McGlincy, defensive end, cleaned him up. He's a six foot four, 235-pound senior for the Pirates. Second down and 10. And, and you can tell Devin Howard, that snap came to him, and he didn't quite field it perfectly. It wasn't a fumble or anything, but he had to look down and make sure he had the ball when he looked up he was bouncing off of luke woodkey right away he was able to bounce off it but nowhere to go the rest of the defense comes swarming in and their first negative play of the game grants mcglinsky with that finishing tackle same formation sending hollingsworth wide to the left two men backfield blocking back in jake mcphee Direct snap to number 12. That would be Evan Shank. Pushes forward and has that still turning his feet out of the 39-yard, excuse me, 41-yard line. It's going to be a five-yard gain when all set and down. Same with third down in mid-range, third and five. As they try to clear this pile away with 6.55 left in the first quarter. Tackle is made by Matt Hessling as well as Luke Woodkey for the Pirates. And that was an old-fashioned rugby-style play yes, there because uh, technically Shank was never tackled. It's just momentum was stopped. He was pushing, but he wasn't going anywhere. But uh, a decent gain. Third down and five is manageable. You know they're in four-down territory. So third and five is very manageable the way this running game's been working. Keaton Brown and Evan Shank in the backfield. Jake McPhee is the blocking back to his left. Hollingsworth wide left at the receiver. Direct snap to number 11, Keaton Brown, drumming around that left edge. Harbor Beach meets him there after just a one-yard gain out to the 39-yard line. Luke Woodkey all over this field tonight. That is his sixth tackle this evening already for the Pirates. Fourth down and four for the Hatches. A little bit strange and kind of awkward spot here. Does Bannock go for it? Absolutely. There. This is... Uh you're in their territory. Yeah. Where you punt it, you're going to punt it for maybe 20 <laughs> yards. It's not worth it. I would go for it. This is uh, this offense has had no trouble getting four yards on any given play, running the football. I don't know how creative or how deep they're going to go into this playbook, but I absolutely believe uh, we haven't seen Griffin Meinhold touch the ball yet. They have some weapons. They probably have a reverse or something in this play, uh, in the playbook here coming up to try and catch Harbor Beach flat-footed and get that five yards for a first down. Griffin Meinhold considered to be a tight end in this excuse me, a, a lead blocking back to the right of Jake McPhee. Direct snap to Keaton Brown, looking back to pass. Wide open is Griffin Meinhold is caught at the 30, down to the 20, and it's pushed, and he's still on his feet, and there's a flag back at the 17-yard line. This is going to be a block in the back as they finally mark him down at the one-yard line, Griffin Meinhold, and this will be potentially 
a fourth a fourth down conversion to Pam that flagged the flag sits at the 17-yard line. If this is a block in the back, does that negate that completely? So Griffin Meinhold is going to cover up the the end player on the line for the hatchets. And so in this in this in this situation. When he leaks out of the backfield, he is either sealing the edge or he is leaking out of the backfield for a quick pass, and nobody guards him in man-to-man coverage. He slips out. It's the easiest throw Keaton Brown's going to have all year. He makes it, and when he turns up field, Jack Hollinsworth makes a penalty, a obvious penalty, out down the field as he blocking the back on Jace Canoblock out in the middle of nowhere, an easy call, and it may potentially cost his offense a first down. We'll see how they spot it. They're going to – it's a – 10-yard penalty, which pushes him back from the 17 back to the 27-yard line. The first down marker was at the 35 of Harbor Beach, so this moves the chains for the fourth time for the Hatches tonight, and it's a first and 10 regardless of that penalty. And it was a great play call. They've set it up all game already in this first series with run after run after run, and all Keaton Brown did when he got the ball is he took one step forward, and when he stepped back and planted that back foot, he had two receivers going down the field, and then his favorite weapon is going to be Minehold, and absolutely no one covers them. So it was a great play call design and execution by the Hatchets on offense. Blake Tulaski and Evan Schenk in the backfield as your wingbacks for this free single wing. Direct snap to Blake Tulaski goes into the trenches and gets out across the 25-yard line, brought down to the 23-yard line. Four yards and a cloud of dust for the Hatchet offense there. Sets up a second and six. Tackle made by number 51, Levi Klasky, as well as Caden Boynton. And that offensive line has done an excellent job to start this game. There's been very little penetration by that defense, and they're trying to figure out if they're going to kick it outside or attack the middle. And Harbor Beach, at this point, feels like they're missing a guy in defense. Badex has had that kind of easy time getting four yards on first down, getting four yards on second down, and methodically pushing this defense down the field. Second down, six to go from the 23 of Harbor Beach. 4.20 left in the first quarter. No score. Badex still on their first drive. Approaching eight minutes on this very first drive for the Hatchets. There's a direct snap to number 20. Blake Tulaski pushing to his left. Howard Beach swarms to the ball after a two-yard, maybe three-yard gain out to the 21-yard line. Tackle made by Shea Woodkey, a sophomore, as well as number four, Caden Boynton. Third down and four for the Bad Hatchets. Small break there for the Pirates as uh, the running back runs into his own offensive lineman, trips him up, and uh, it slows everything down, allows Shea Woodkey to clean him up with ease. So a short gain, but again, third down and four. We already saw him go for it on fourth down before, so this is four-down territory. Hatchet's still in the driver's seat. Keaton Brown replaces Evan Schenk on the field, sending wide to the right. That would be number 17, Jack Hollingsworth. Now resetting. They're going to be favoring the right side with a single wing. In the backfield, Blake Tulaski and Keaton Brown. Brown gets the snap, direct snap, pushes outside, pushes off his first defender, has the first down, has the edge, and he's forced out of bounds at the 11-yard line, out pushed out by Tanton Babcock out of the secondary. Going to mark him out of bounds at the 12, move the chains for the fifth time on this drive alone, 318 left in the first. All right, and they reset the play, and they take everybody on the left side except for the guard and move them over to the right side. They completely overload the right side. Harbor Beach tries to counter, and... I know you have to be ready for the misdirection play, but simply Badax overloaded the right side, outnumbered Harbor Beach by a guy, so there's an extra blocker blocking downfield, and and Keaton Brown's not going to miss that as he gets up the sideline with ease and a great first down run and play call by the Hatchets. Same formation, except this time to the left side, working off the right hash from the 12-yard line of Harbor Beach. 0-0 ball game so far. Direct snap to Blake Tulaski, going right up the gut. Harbor Beach swarms to the ball for just a gain of a yard out to the 11-yard line. 
You picked the black jersey on that one. Led, leading the way was Colin Rogamuck, defensive tackle for the Pirates. Second down and nine. 3.05, clock counting down here in the first quarter. And we have an official timeout as they're trying to figure something out here, exactly what is going on. Not sure what they're pointing to, but uh, Badax is going to have to make a substitution. A helmet popped off there, so that might be the reason for the stoppage of play. So there we go. The clock starts back up. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Still on the very first drive of this ballgame. Badax has had it now for over nine minutes. Hollingsworth wide to the left in the backfield. Brown and Shank and Jake McPhee to his left. Leading blocking back would be Meinhold. Pass to the left side, right inside. It's nearly intercepted at the four-yard line. Intended receiver was Hollingsworth. Leading the way was Matt Hessling out of the secondary. Had it in his hands, could not as the ground hit it first. Incomplete pass, third down and nine from the Harbor Beach 12. Oh, I, I like the play call for Badex, but Harbor Beach fell into a man-to-man -man coverage. Everybody was covered, and Matt Hessling was watching the eyes of the quarterback and broke on that pass. And a scary moment there for the Hatchets as that ball was right into the arms. Yes, it was low, but Matt Hessling had a chance to take that ball and turn this drive completely upside down, but it harmlessly falls to the ground. And now Badex, third down and nine, their worst scenario on this drive so far. Coming out of the spread offense, two receivers wide each way. Brown and Shank in the backfield. There's the snap. Brown looking to pass, rolling to his left, into the down to the three-yard line. It is caught. And do they say he's in the end zone? No, he is Short. not. He's at the half-yard line, but is enough to move the chains. Leading the tackle, Shea Woodkey for the Pirates. Move the chains for the sixth time already tonight. 233 left in the first quarter. Romos did a nice job there as he basically looks at his defender, runs right at him, and plants his foot and turns around. And the defender, by the time he recovers, Keaton Brown rolls to his left and puts it nice and high and right on the numbers where he can haul it in. And it took two Harbor Beach defenders to keep him from battling into the end zone. However, though, it's enough for a first down. Damien Romas on the catch gets him all the way down to the one-yard line. That was a 10-yard pickup. First and goal from the half-yard line for the Hatchets on the cusp of their first score this season. They have Harbor Beach on the ropes. They've had the ball for nearly 10 minutes on this first drive alone. Badax resetting things to the right side, working off left hash. Hollingsworth wide to the right in receiver. Back to the single wing, direct snap to Brown, trying to find a gap. He's into the end zone, untouched. Touchdown, Badax. The Hatchets take the lead with a minute 55 left in the first quarter. Tack on six points for the Hatchets. It's now 6-0. Uh, just a fantastic drive, and cap it off with, with Keaton Brown, one-yard run. Uh, he dominated the touches, dominated the yardage on that play, but they couldn't stop him, and it was just run right, run left. They did whatever they wanted, and now Badax with an early 6-0 lead, their first score of the season late in this first quarter, and they're calling their two-point conversion play now. Going for two, or they have historically gone for one last season. Looks like they cannot find the T at the moment. So now they're bringing out a special football as that caps off a 10-minute 55 or 10-minute 5-second drive covering 80 yards, resulting in a score on that 1-yard dive from Keaton Brown. Makes it a six-point ball game. And now, number seven, Griffin Meinhold will be coming out to attempt the point after. Trying to make this 7 nothing as they're going to have a delay of game. And there is a delay of game as they're trying to find that tee and trying to get this squared away. 
is going to cost him five yards. So it takes him back from kicking this one from the nine-yard line. This is going to push him back really to the 15-yard line. All right, and we were watching uh, Griffin Meinhold in warm-ups, and, and this was uh, this would not be an issue for him. He was making them from this distance in warm-ups. So barring a good snap, uh, they don't seem to be bothered by this too much. They're going to attempt the PAT anyways. So now this is going to be a 25-yard PAT attempt by the Hatchets, already leading 6-0, trying to make this 7-0 with just a minute 55 left in the first quarter. A 10-minute, 5-second drive to start the season for the Hatchets. The kick is up. It's not the best looking, but it is through the uprights, and it counts for one regardless. The Bad Axe Hatchets now lead 7-0 over the Harbor Beach Pirates right here on the WLW Sports Network. 7-0 Bad Axe. Badax Hatches taking the wind out of the Harbor Beach sails to start this ball game. A minute 55 left in the first quarter, and Harbor Beach is on the cusp of finally receiving the ball on offense after an 18-play, 80-yard drive covering 10 minutes and 5 seconds, resulting in a touchdown from Keaton Brown on a one-yard dive. The PAT is good from Meinhold. It's 7-0. The Badax Hatches over the Harbor Beach Pirates. As the kick from Meinhold comes into the 10-yard line, a little bit muffed on that. They have to dive forward out the 17, and it's picked up by Luke Wood. He's still on his feet out across the 25 and tackled forward. Out to the 27-yard line, tackled by Badax's special teams, Devin Howard, number 44. And it'll be first and 10 for the Bad for the Harbor Beach Pirates at their own 27-yard line. Yeah, scary, scary way to start <laughs> that series. But uh, they recover the football, and now their offense is going to get the chance to showcase their abilities here to try to counter that impressive 18-play scoring drive by the Hatchets to start this season. First and 10, left right across your radio are the blank-jerseyed Harbor Beach Pirates on their home turf. Trailing 7-0 to the Bad Axe Hatchets working out the right hash, and they come out in the T formation. Jacob Booms, Caden Boyden, Luke Woodkey, left to right across your backfield. Tan Babcock under center for the Pirates. Nathan Kane, center, hands off to his third option, Luke Woodkey. He gets caught up inside the trenches. Bad Axe all over this one, and we had flags flying from the back judge as well as the umpire here. This could be a myriad of different things, more than likely against the Pirates. Well, it's been a long time since we've been in the booth. We did not quite recognize that play or that call from the official. The fact it is, that the it fact, is on the hatchets. The fact that both flags came from the secondary and the linebacking judge, that usually means it's on the defense traditionally. Yes, it is. And they, they're going to call a five yard penalty, but I'm not sure exactly. The 10 yard oh, penalty. Oh, it's a 10 yard penalty. It's all the way out to the 41 yard line. I get 42. So that's a 15 yard penalty. Out to the 42-yard line, automatic first down. Move the chains for the Pirates. Well, that's one way to maintain the clock for the Pirates when you're down seven nothing. Looks like I have a homework assignment. Yeah, for next me week. too. I, oh, we apologize, folks. We're off to we're batting a thousand so far with these penalties. First and ten from the 42-yard line for the Pirates. Handoff to Luke Woodkey once again. Tries to find that left gap, and Badex is there to sniff it out from the get-go. Hard-fought one yard. Tackle made by number seven, Griffin Meinhold, for the Hatchets. Second down and nine from the 43. And Hard Beach with a slow-developing play in that wing tee as Luke Woodkey is the third fake through that over to the left side, and he runs right into Griffin Meinhold, plugging the gap up and only allowing a yard on that run. 
Minute 15 left in the first quarter. Harbor Beach on offense facing into the sun to, for this final minute 15. Spreading things out now. Tanton Babcock in the shotgun has a running back on either side of him. Receiver wide to the left. That is a Hessling too wide to the right. Tanton Babcock. There's a snap out of the shotgun. Handoff to Caden Boynton. Breaks free of one tackle. Gets across and fumble on the play. And it's scooped up by the Maddox Hatches in their own territory. And they're going to get marked down at their own 49-yard line. So just on the second play for the Pirates, they cough it up and recovered by Griffin Meinhold, the player who's doing it all so far. And this will be a turnover for the Pirates. Maddox on offense. I was just about to say what a good run that was by Caden Boynton as he was able to slip through that defensive line. I thought it had no chance for a big run. He gets five yards and next thing you know the ball is rolling up the backfield or into the secondary. Uh, so he gets it punched out there and it's a quick turnover and all of a sudden this red hot bad axe offense is right back on the field. We saw this last year. This is the one thing this defense did to other teams. They forced a ton of turnovers and they're off to that kind of start early here in the season. On offense now, the Bad Axe Hatchets with a seven-point lead. They start out this drive at their own 49-yard line. 12 and 11 in the backfield, Evan Shank and Keaton Brown. Direct snap to Brown coming to the left side. Has a lead blocker, and he's tripped up across the 50 into Harbor Beach territory out to the 46-yard line. Tackle made by Luke Woodgee for the Harbor Beach Pirates, but not until after a five-yard pickup for the Hatchets, gaining chunks on every single play out of the single wing. Right, and it's they haven't done anything deceptive. The two pass plays have been creative and could and should have caught Harbor Beach off balance, but so far it's been the running game. They've been able to run right into that defensive line, push him back, and it's allowing Keaton Brown options. Can I kick it outside? Do I cut it up the middle? And he's been able to make all of those right decisions so far tonight. Second down and five inside Harbor Beach territory. Once again, eight seconds left here in this first quarter, and they're going to let the clock run out. We've played 12 minutes, and we have one score on the board. The Bad Axe Hatchets leading the Harbor Beach Pirates in Harbor Beach. 7-0 right here on the WLW Sports Network. On to the second quarter, so they switch sides of the field. Bad X now marching left to right across the radio. They're facing a second and five inside Harbor Beach territory. They're the Pirate 46-yard line, leading 7-0. The Bad X hatches picking up where they left off last season, and they're taking care of the Harbor Beach Pirates right now. Pirates have just played two plays of offense. Otherwise, it's been all Bad X so far. Receiver wide to the left. That's Hollingsworth now coming to the right side. Backfield would be Shank and Brown for the Hatchets. Single wing to the right, Griffin Meinhold and Jake McPhee leading backs for the hatchets. There's the snap, direct snap to Brown. Has a lead blocker, has a huge gap to run with. And He's no gone. one in front of him, down to the 25, to the 15, the 5, touchdown, Bad Axe. 11.52 left in the second quarter. And the Bad Axe hatchets find the end zone for the second time in the night. A 46-yard scamper for Keaton Brown, untouched into the end zone, makes it 13-0 with 11.51 before the half is over. Just what we were talking about before the break is he's showing patience and then explosive burst, making that quick decision, but he's had options. And this time, when the option he chose, he found a hole that led him to the sideline down the right side, and there was no bad uh, black jerseys anywhere, and Keaton Brown outruns everybody for his second score of the game. They held the ball just for 56 seconds on that drive, so their average between the two is not terrible. 
11.51 left in the second. Two plays covering a whole slew of yards, 51 yards altogether. Capped off by that 46-yard run from Brown. The kick is up from Griffin. Meinhold, it is through the uprights. It is now 14-0. Bad Axe leading the Harbor Beach Pirates in Harbor Beach with 11.51 left in the second quarter. 14-0 Bad Axe. Bedax Hatches with all the momentum right now as they lead 14-0. Just nine seconds into the second quarter, they lead 14-0 after two touchdowns from Keaton Brown, one from one yard out, the other from 46 yards out, both for six points. Both PATs good from Meinhold make it 14-0. Bedax held the ball now for 11 minutes and one second. The Harbor Beach Pirates, one minute in eight seconds. It's been very impressive. It's been a lot of Brown tonight. And I think as the season goes on, they'll diversify those uh, carries a little more. But for now, he's not getting hit hard. He's getting what he wants on every single play. And they're going to keep rolling it out there, giving him breathers here and there, and let him keep going back to work. He's been an absolute machine so far and helped put up the first 14 points for Bad X. Deep back for the Pirates at his own eight-yard line would be Luke Woodkey. Griffin Meinhold's kick with the wind and his back goes to the left side, bounces to the 20, and stays in bounds. And it's a roll all the way down into the end zone by a half of it, maybe a half of a football. And it comes to rest for the touchbacks. This will be a, a first and 10 from the 20-yard line for the Pirates. That one was favorable and lucky for the Pirates where that landed. Oh, no question about it. That's a that's a live ball all the way until it crosses that goal line. But nonetheless, Harbor Beach will uh, get another shot here on offense. Um, Again, two running plays, second one leads to a fumble, so not really much to say early, but they started wing T, went nowhere, went to the spread, looked like they had a nice run, cough it up immediately. So ball control, we know it's week one, it's going to be an issue, but uh, down two scores, that's kind of an uncomfortable feeling to start the season. Maddox with 110 yards and 17 carries, Harbor Beach two carries for one total yard. They also had 15 yards and a penalty in their favor. Harbor Beach coming out in the spread formation. Two wide to the left, one to the right. Tan Babcock with a receiver on the other side. Looking back to pass. Throws this downfield. Miscommunication on the uh, routes there. The ball lands in the 50-yard line with no receiver around. Intended receiver was Josh Hessling, wide receiver and a senior for the Pirates. And he threw his hands up in uh, disgust as a little miscommunication to start the second drive. And it's impossible for us to know who was in the wrong. But Tanton Babcock was looking down the sideline deep and Hessling planted his foot for a curl route. So the ball falls safely or harmlessly to the ground as an incomplete pass. But miscommunication on top of turnovers is not a good remedy for this offense. I like the play call on first down. Try to challenge the bad axe defense, but now second 10 becomes a challenging down. Staying wide out to the left, Matt Farmer and Josh Hustling wide to the right. Another receiver, two men in the backfield with Tanton Babcock in the shotgun. Looking to stay in the pocket, back to pass, right down the wide middle, open. wide opens. Luke Woodkey at the 40, to midfield, to the 45, inside Baddock's territory, all the way down to the 30, to the 20. He is known in front of him. Touchdown, Harbor Beach. From an 80-yard strike from Tanton Babcock to Luke Woodkey. The Harbor Beach Pirates are on the board for the first time this season. They now trail just by eight points with 11.31 left in the second quarter. Bad Axe 14, Harbor Beach 6. We saw it on the first series for Bad Axe when Griffin Meinhold out of the backfield slips out to catch that pass. There was no linebacker to cover him, and this was no different. Luke Woodkey comes sliding out of the backfield. 
just delayed route coming out of the backfield, but then streak right down that, that right hash mark. And again, no one is covering him. It's man-to-man -man defense everywhere. Somebody who's in charge of number six was not there. And Babcock hit him in stride, and Luke Woodkey does the rest, showing off his speed into the end zone for Harbor Beach's first score of the season. Harbor Beach's drive consisted of two plays, except this time, instead of a fumble, it results in a touchdown. And we have a timeout called by the Bad Axe Hatchets before this two-point conversion. And so we will return in 30 seconds right here on the LW Sports Network. He just went on a straight-up blitz and, or, you know, just... Uh, what do you want? Mental oh, no, it didn't push the button. No, I, I'm like the radio turned off. But no. Auto Owners Insurance yeah. is a way to safeguard your loved ones now. Harbor Beach has held the ball for minute 28. <laughs> that sounds about right. Secure a policy today to protect their tomorrow. Hi, this is Mike from the Albert. Go for the onside kick. Really throw right. it. Hell, you might as well. Was, It'll be you'll get the ball that much faster. Right. I was watching. After Bad X scored the first time, I think if they would have did onside kick, those guys would just stand here like this. Like uh -huh. they wouldn't have had a clue. I like the game plan of wearing down Bad X defense, though. It's a good idea. To see how much they had to run to chase him? After yeah. didn't even didn't even track. That's all right. We'll score again. Anything going there? It's weird. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. 11.31 left in the second quarter. As Harbor Beach just struck for the first time tonight, it makes it 14-6. to Harbor Beach leading. Oh. Mic check, one, two. There we go. Something's going a little strange with our headsets right now, so hopefully we're still on air. Yes, we are. Harbor Beach going for a two-point conversion here. Out of the T formation, Fumble. bad snap. Babcock has to roll to his left. Broken play. Looking down, open oh, receiver him. overthrew him. And this two-point conversion is That's no good. And it ends up with a two-point conversion no good. So the score remains 14-6. to Bad Axe leading by eight points, 11-31 in the second quarter. Uh, and that's where you can see Babcock's got some uh, learning curves to make. You can hear from our sideline, Mike, Coach Schelke begging him to throw the football. He had two wide receivers open. And when he made that hesitation and didn't throw the ball, he probably could have kept it himself. But because he hesitated and then threw it, he missed a wide-open receiver for a two-point conversion. So Harbor Beach will only come away with six points on this drive. And now a Bad Axe offense that's been red hot comes back on the field with two straight scores. 14-6, Bad Axe leading by eight points, 11-31 left in the second quarter on the WLW Sports Network. First week jitters for everyone out here, including us in the booth. It helps when I push the right button. That was the whole problem there. You may have heard Dan Banky or Spotter on air. That's what we hear during the game as well. 11.31 left in the second. Harbor Beach strikes for the first time. They trail by eight points, 14-6. to Harbor Beach has played 
four downs of offense tonight, resulting in one fumble and one touchdown. An 80-yard pass from 10 Babcock to Luke Woodkey for the score. Two-point conversion, no good. And as we were saying, a little bit of a blown coverage in that situation. And if you're going to blow coverage, you don't want to. But if you do, you can't leave the opposing team's best receiver uncovered. And that's Luke Woodkey. And he makes him pay and takes the distance. Badex catches a break on that two-point conversion. But this offense has been unstoppable so far tonight. We'll see if they can make it three for three. Luke Woodkey kicks it into number seven. Griffin Meinhold's hands comes down to the far sideline. Nice stiff arm at the 25 and trips forward across the 30. Brought down by Jacob Booms on special teams for the Pirates, a junior. And they're going to start this drive at their own 31-yard line. Left or right across the radio with 11-23. Left in the second quarter, leading by eight points, 14-6. Great stiff arm there by uh, by Meinhold as he... He puts number 20, Matt Hessling, on the ground and gains a few extra on the return. Just a, a great return by him. Again, showing a lot of patience for underclassmen. You can tell these guys have been around on the varsity level and uh, showing absolutely no rust. And these guys have been playing very well to start this game. But Bad Axe here can really apply some more pressure with another score here before this half is done. On a hot and sticky night from Harbor Beach, even by the Lakeshore, it's first and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatchets with their own 31-yard line. In the backfield would be Shank and Brown. Receiver wide to left, working off the left hash, short side of the field. And it's direct snap to Keaton Brown. Stutter steps at the 31, gets out to the 32 before he stopped by number 52 for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Unknown number at this point still. So we'll figure this one out for eventually number 55, actually. That's Shea Woodkey, nose guard and linebacker. For the, there is a number 52. I do take that back. We'll figure it out eventually. As second you second guessed your spotter. I, it must be I, week I one. It must be week one. I, and some things are hard to learn, apparently. <laughs> it was definitely 52. Number we'll 52. get you that number. And that was a that's a key play here for our Beach's defense because they actually make a stop of a short game, forcing second down and eight. That is a win for this Harbor Beach defense so far. Second down, eight, 10.35 left in the second quarter, 14 to six left across, left right across your radio. Two men backfield, two lead blockers. Direct snap to Keaton Brown coming around the right side. Has a lead block across the 35, across the 40. Forced out of bounds at the 40. Strong hit out of bounds by Jace Knoblock, defensive end junior for the Pirates. Short of the first down marker, though, by one yard. A seven-yard gain for Keaton Brown. Third, second down third down in one yard to go. But it's taking too long. These guys are taking too long to rotate over. Luke Woodkey's not coming out and forcing that ball back up the middle. When you're on the end, you have to stop the momentum of that play. And if Brown turned... If, if, Bound, if Brown turns it up the middle, you've just forced him now back into the heart of your defense. And if they make a big play because of that, that's not on you. So you have to cut that play off because that's what Brown wants to do. He gets to the sideline and gets a nice big gain on second down, creating third down and very short. Third down in the yard from their own 40-yard line. They need to get it to the 41-yard line. 10-21 left in the first half, leading 14-6. Direct snap to Shank. Has the first down across the 40. Upended at the 44. And forward progress is stopped at the 44. Leading the way was Luke Woodkey, middle linebacker for the Harbor Beach defense. Busy night for him after a five-yard gain, though. Four-yard gain for Evan Shank in the Badax Hatchets. And it's it's too easy. It's a, it's a direct snap to Shank, the bigger body of the two. He's been a, a, an excellent lead blocker. Haven't mentioned his name enough for how many blocks he's made for this running game. He gets rewarded with a direct snap, and he punishes defenders ahead. Get, it took three guys to stop him, but a four- or five-yard gain is plenty enough for another first down for Badax. 
First and 10 from their own 44-yard line this time. 10-0-1 left in the second quarter. Clock winding down. Working off the right hash, Bannock rushes up to the ball. Receiver wide to the left, that's Hollingsworth. And now another receiver wide to the left, that is number 24, Drayden Romas. And lining up out to the wide. Harbor Beach's defense adjusts, and we have whistles. And this is going to be a, looks like a timeout called by the Bad Axe Hatchets. Yes, it is. That's their second charge of this first half. 9.43 left in the second quarter. 14-6, Bad Axe leads by eight points. charged with their second time out of this first half for a little confusion on both sides of the ball. Badax sent two wide out to the left. Harbor Beach had to adjust and then Badax called a timeout as Harbor Beach was trying to finally get out and cover both defenders out there. Regardless though, first and ten still for the Badax Hatchets working off their right hash at their own 44-yard line, leading by eight points, 14-6. to six. Absolutely right. So I, I, I guess we can see why there was miscommunication by the offense and the defense. Bad X deciding it wasn't worth taking that chance. Let's get reset and call the play that we want. We got three of them. Might as well use them, I guess. Right, guys? I suppose. First and ten. Receiver wide to the left. Single wing to the left. Brown staying in the pocket to pass. Right down. And it's through the hands of Jake McPhee at the 37-yard line of Harbor Beach. Throwing into double coverage there. Incomplete. And it nearly could have been picked off by the free safety there, but it's not 10. Babcock. 9.38 left in the second quarter. Second down and 10. I'm here to tell you, there were three guys running down the field, and I think all three of them were open. That's that's a The pass was a little behind number 40, Jake McPhee, but that's a ball that you got to catch. It was waist high and easy to grab, but there were two other receivers. Griffin Meinl's looking around like, man, I'm your favorite receiver. Throw it to me. And those two guys on the other side were covered by one guy, and covered is a strong word. <laughs> it's a gracious word, I think, in that case. Second down and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatches. Clock stops at 938 because that incomplete pass. Receiver wide to the left, now set, resetting the single wing to the left. In the backfield, that would be Keaton Brown, and I do believe Evan Shank. Yes, it is. Evan Shank is the lead blocker. Keaton Brown gets the snap, and he gets pushed down at the 45 as the Harbor Beach faithful come alive after just a one-yard gain. And leading the way, Colin Roggenbach for the Harbor Beach Pirates on that tackle, third down and nine. Nice stop there by the by the Harbor Beach front guys there, finally making a stop, not allowing a big gain, and now third down and nine in your own territory. This is a big play now in this game with Harbor Beach down a full score and two-point conversion. Bad X trying to apply a little pressure. Worst scenario of the game for them, third down and eight. So we finally figured that out. Number 52 is Levi Klasky. Number 51 is Evan Miller. That makes more sense. Third down and nine from the 45 of Bad X's own territory. Their first really third down this evening. Longer than five yards. Receiver wide to the right. Single wing to the right as well on the right hash. Keaton Brown gets the handoff, direct snap. He's at midfield, but he's held up at the 48-yard line of Bad Axe. A flag flies behind the play back at the 41-yard line. Le leading the way was number six, Luke Woodkey, as well as number 74, Grant Smiglinski. And this is going to be a hold against the Bad Axe Hatchets, so that will negate that as well. Troy Shelke saying to push him back, push him back, way back. Absolutely, because if you allow this to stand, Badak's going to go for it. So you <laughs> absolutely have to accept this penalty. 
So it's from the spot of the foul. They're going to say the flag is at the 44-yard line, so 10 yards from that spot. Pushes them back to the 34-yard line. A third down in the country mile here for the Bad Axe Hatchets across midfield all the way down to the 46-yard line. 8.37 left in the second. 14-6, Bad Axe leading by 8. Bad Axe making some substitutions, facing a third down and about 21 yards. Very interested to see what the Hatchets decide to do here again. Young team, young, young, important players in the backfield. Do you trust him to throw it down the field? They had Harbor Beach completely fooled on first down. This is a scenario where Harbor Beach has got to be thinking a little bit of a passing opportunity here, even if it's a bubble screen of some kind. But Badax going with four wide, two each way. Complete spread shotgun here. Keaton Brown rolls to his left, looking to pass on his opposite side. It's into the hands of Griffin Meinhold at the 45. He is one man to beat, Tanton Babcock, and he's out of that tackle. Touchdown, Badaxe. Griffin Meinhold from the 36-yard line in their own territory in for the score and makes it count, and Badaxe finds the end zone for the third time in this first half. 7.59 left in the second. It's now Badaxe 20, Harbor Beach 6. Well, just creating a mismatch there. They just don't have enough. I think Shea Woodkey was in coverage there. Griffin Meinhold way too fast. There was enough time for Keaton Brown to set his feet, look left, and then come back right to his favorite receiver. And that's Griffin Meinhold in the slot running down the field. And like I said, Jason Oblock plays defensive end, covering arguably one of the most athletic players the Bad Axe had, creating those mismatches by spreading out Harbor Beach, showcasing that speed, and Keaton Brown hits him in stride, and Griffin Meinhold does the rest, a little stiff arm out in the open, and finishes it off with a huge touchdown pass. Griffin Meinhold now, after the making the touchdown, puts the PAT through the uprights. He's 3 for 3 on the evening. It's now 21-6. Bad Axe leading the Harbor Beach Pirates, 7.59 left in the second quarter, right here on the WLW Sports Network. It's a 21-6 ball game. Bad Axe extends their lead out to 15 once again. As they strike for the third time, Griffin Meinhold involved once again with the PAT. Keaton Brown hit him for a 66-yard pass, breaks one tackle with about 20 yards to go, and dives and skips across the end zone for the score. 7.59 left in the second quarter, 21-6, Bad Axe by 15. We talked about it last night, and we talked about it again earlier in the day. Keaton Brown and Griffin Meinhold are the guys you have to stop. And that's no offense to Shank. That's no offense to uh, McPhee in the backfield. But those guys are doing an excellent job blocking this running game. Set up that pass. Third and 20. Everybody in the room knows they're going to pass the ball. Doesn't matter. They hit Griffin Meinhold, his favorite receiver, the one with all the speed. They blow right by this defense. And on third and 20, they turn it into a 66-yard throw and catch for a touchdown. 21-6, Bad Axe leads. And it's a... Kick comes in at the 35-yard line and with, uh, by Jacob Booms, the junior, at the 30. He gets out to the 40-yard line where he's popped by number 60 of the Bad Axe Hatchets. That's Sam Haas, a left guard as well as defensive guard for the Bad Axe Hatchets. First in 10 for the Harbor Beach Pirates of their own 35, trailing by 15. Bad Axe that time just tries to angle it away from any of the special teamers. And uh, I actually thought Jake Booms did a pretty good job there of coming in, fielding that ball with some momentum, getting, keeping two hands on it, and uh, really shortening the field for Harbor Beach. They'll start on their own 40-yard line. And, with 7.55 to go. There's plenty of time to get another score and get back into this game. But that hatchet defense is looking for another turnover. 
Hover Beach staying out in the spread offense. Two receivers wide each way. Babcock with a running back to his right, working off the left hash at their own 40-yard line. Staying in the pocket, looking to pass. Throws this down to the far sideline. Look for Luke Woodkey. It's in and into his hands. It's caught at the 34-yard line. Now they say it is dropped at the 30, as there's good coverage there by the Bad Axe Hatchets in the secondary. That'd be Keaton Brown. Note who else on that field and breaking that pass up and incomplete. It's Evan Shank in coverage, Clark. Evan Shank I covered all him right. out there, but there, there were three important things on that play. Tanton Babcock stands in the pocket and makes a beautiful throw to the sideline where only one guy's going to catch it. And Woodkey goes up and makes that catch. But when he's coming down to the ground, it's Shank that actually punches it out at the last minute to get that incompletion. So a great throw, a great catch, but an even better defensive play by Evan Shank to punch that ball out to have it fall incomplete for Harbor Beach. So the Pirates will try this one again. This time they have Caton going to Babcock's left. Two receivers wide each way in the shotgun. It's a quarterback keeper, 10 Babcock, across the 40, still on his feet across the, uh, finally tripped up at the 45. Tackle made by Baddox is Jack Hollingsworth, linebacking for the Hatchet defense, third down in five from the 45. Again, I, so far, it looks like Harbor Beach is most comfortable in the spread offense. They've had their best runs out of that play, and they've shown that Babcock can clearly throw the football. He didn't have to take long, and we saw that he can certainly make those throws. So that's going to be the offense, I think, going into halftime. Harbor Beach is going to have to come out with it. They want to get back and hang in this game. But I love that little read option with him and Boynton. They completely fooled it. Babcock sold it and made a nice run for five yards on second down. Harbor Beach calls a timeout with 7-12 left in the second quarter. Bad X leading 21-6 by 15 points over the hosting Harbor Beach Pirates in week number one of the MHSA football season right here on the WLW. Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. Third down and five, a must-convert play here for the Harbor Beach Pirates with 7-12 left in the second quarter, trailing by 15 points. Babcock staying in the pocket, throwing down to Luke Woodkey, overthrows him at the 38-yard line of Badex. He had no one in front of him, but it was just overthrown by a hair. He re jumps into the air to try and bring that one in, and it's not enough. Falls incomplete. Fourth down and five from the 45. Looked eerie similar to the play that Luke Woodkey scored a big touchdown on, and guess what? It was wide open again. That time it was Evan Shank in coverage, and he was fooled. He fell for the run action, and all Tan Babcock had to do was put a little more air under it, a little too much firepower, and over the head of Luke Woodkey. But I promise you, folks, that was an easy six if that was a, th a better throw on that on that play now with fourth down and a long five this is a big play here for our beach do you punt it away and stay two down or do you go for it in bad axe territory frankly or in it, your own it, territory it, it feels like they have to go for it already and there's even seven minutes before halftime sending two wide each way tanton babcock in the shotgun Caden boyden to his left three yards inside the left hash right to left cross your radio that could have been an off-false start, and yes, it was, as there was movement all over there. There was about six different snap counts, and Harbor Beach moved 11 different ways. This will cost them five yards, so it goes from a fourth and five to a fourth and ten at their own 40-yard line. This changes things a little bit. Completely. I'm putting the ball now. I, there's no way I just give Bad X five free more yards and then take the chance of throwing an incomplete pass here. Uh, so... Uh, 
unfortunate series of events, the week one issues you always worry about, a throw just a little bit off that could have changed this game. They could be down a score. Instead, now they're staring at fourth and ten in a scenario where you're probably going to have to punt the football. 7.05 left in the second. Fourth and ten from Harbor Beach's own 40-yard line. They come out in the same formation, but they have been known to punt out of this formation. Looks like Tanton Babcock is about a yard, maybe two yards deeper than typically. About seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Three wide to the left, one to the right this time for the Pirates. Still squaring things away. Tanton Babcock waiting for the snap. There's a snap, and they're going to punt this one out of the shotgun foundation. No one back deep for the hatchets. And this one's going to take a deep pirate bounce all the way down to the 20-yard line exactly. And that will be downed by number 17 for the Pirates, Matt Farmer. And it'll be Vanek's back on offense, leading 21-6 with 6.56 left in the second quarter. Costly penalty there. That, that really uh, changed this game. We really wanted to see Harbor Beach's offense with five yards to go on fourth down challenge this bad X defense that's played very well outside of one basically boast, busted coverage. And uh, a penalty is going to take that play away from us now. Bad X in the driver's seat. You're up two scores with the ball. You got six and a half minutes to go and a timeout in your pocket. This is a chance to completely take Harbor Beach out of this game for good. We'll see this offense is just run it right down their throats and then that tricky pass there just when you least expect it. Badek incorporating it in very nicely tonight. Single wing to the right and it's a handoff to direct snap to Shank and he's dragged across the 25 up out forward to the 27 maybe even the 28 yard line tackle made by 10 Babcock for the Pirates. It's going to be a big chunk play once again on first down for the Hatchets with 640 in counting here in the second quarter leading by 15. It's going to be a seven yard pickup second down in three. One of the few times that uh, Evan Shank has taken the snap and he actually spins a Round to fake the handoff to Keaton Brown and then continue to full spin and then run right up the middle, just trying to throw off that Harbor Beach defense, but doesn't seem to matter. They go right at him and get seven yards on first down. Second down and three from the 27-yard line in their own territory. Receiver wide to left, Hollingsworth. Brown and Shank in the backfield, leading blockers to the left. That'd be Meinhold and McPhee. Direct snap this time to Brown coming around the left edge. Has the lead blocker, has the first down across the 30, and finally brought down at the 33-yard line by Caden Boyden, outside linebacker for the Pirates. But it's enough for a bad axe first down, move the chains out to their own 33. Yeah, just going to always keep an eye on Griffin Meinhold. He's always fun to me to watch what he does on those plays. Most of the time, he's been out there sealing the defensive end, setting up that run to the outside. And that play, if you notice quickly, he comes the opposite way as the play. The whole play goes left, and he goes from the left end across the line of scrimmage back to the right. And there's going to be a point tonight where he is going to get that handoff, that misdirection run the other way. When they sell a run to the left, he might sneaky get it to the right to the weak side. That could hit for a big play here at some point tonight. Same formation, single wing to the left, working off the left hash. Keaton Brown gets the direct snap, trying to work his way through the trenches. He gets out to about the 35-yard line, maybe the 36 before forward progress is stopped. It'll be a gain of three, maybe four yards. Clock continues to roll down just under five minutes. It's going to be here by the next snap. Tackle made by Keaton Boynton and Luke Woodkey, the linebacking core for the Harbor Beach defense. Three-yard gain, four-yard gain, according to the spot, out to the 37-yard line, second down and six. Just another nice run. Just uh, He gets three yards before he runs into contact, and that's what your wing te teams want. This is what this team wants. They want to run the ball, stay on the field, move the chains, and they have excelled at that tonight. Second down, six to go from the 37. Bad X taking absolutely no hurry here. 
in the waning moments of the first half. They have a 15-point lead, a two-possession lead, as they've found the end zone three times. The Harbor Beach has won to start this 2021 season. We have whistles, and this looks like it will be the third and final timeout called by Cal Pokley in the Hatchets in this first half. With 4.24 left in the second quarter, Dave Hansen, was that a, to negate a delay of game, or is he trying to set something up here? Absolutely not. It took That play took significantly longer to get ready. I mean, you pointed it out exactly without even probably realizing it. They're really taking their time. Actually, there, <laughs> there was confusion. I ran out of things to say. Uh, well, there was confusion there for sure. And uh, like I said, use that timeout. Don't don't stop your momentum. But this doesn't going to change the play calling now from this point on. You've got four and a half minutes to go in this half. You can't tell me they're not thinking about scoring again. I don't think running the clock out is exactly no. the game plan. It is keeping the ball out of Harbor Beach's hands. But I think adding another touchdown here is definitely in the back of their mind. So I, I think they'll pick up the pace here, use this timeout to their advantage, probably call the next play and then the following one to try to speed things up just a little bit and see if they can't put up that third da- or that fourth touchdown and take a three-score lead on the home team. 4.24 left in the second quarter. Banax has no timeouts remaining. Harbor Beach has two. Like we've said many times, Banax 21, Harbor Beach 6. 4.24 left in the second quarter. Badax has a total of 228 yards on offense on 29 plays, averaging nearly 8 yards per play. The Harbor Beach Pirates have had 7 plays of offense for 86 yards, 1 fumble, and 1 touchdown of the night. They're averaging much less on offense. They're rushing the ball. They have three carries for six yards, one completion out of four attempts for 80 yards. Of course, that score. Doesn't sound that bad, but the eight when 80 yards came in one, <laughs> one play, play, the rest of them haven't been very good. Badax out on offense, second down in six after that third timeout. Handoff to Shanks, spins in the backfield, and getting tackled down by the Pirates at the, four, the 39-yard line after a gain of two on the play. Brings up a third down and four coming up. Tackle made by number 74 and 72, Grant Spaglinski and Caden Lawhorn for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Third down and three. Nice run there again by Evan Shank as he takes that snap. Again, spins all the way around to fake a handoff to Keaton Brown and then finishes the spin to go right back up the middle. Harbor Beach challenged it a little bit better, but he's still able to get three yards whenever he wants to. Third down and three coming up as we roll to, four, to three and a half minutes left in this first half. Blake Tulaski sits down. Single wing to the right, receiver wide to the right, Hollingsworth. Third down and three, then you get out to the 43, pass right through the middle, into the hands of Jake McPhee, it's caught, breaks out of one tackle, is brought down by two Pirate jerseys at the 47-yard line, leading the way was number number 32, Jace Knoblock, defensive end for the Pirates, and move the chains once again for the Bad X Hatchets. That's a little better matchup for Harvard Beach with uh, Knoblock covering McPhee, but McPhee plants his foot and turns right to the middle of the defense, and when he turns, that ball hits him right in the numbers, right between the numbers, Keaton Brown hits him, bounce off his chest, and McPhee is able to hold on to it for a catch and throw for a first down. Short pass and completion, but right on the numbers as soon as that receiver made the break. That is a great pass by Keaton Brown for a first down. There's a snap, direct snap to number 20. Blake Tulaski tries to push across midfield. He does get routed down to the Harbor Beach 48-yard line. The flags fly well before that tackle is made. The flag sits right at the forward line of progress as well for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Coming from the umpire, number four, that would be Caden Boynton on the tackle for the Harbor Beach Pirates as the white cap. That would be Jeff Clossing from the Blue Water area. And it's a hold against the Bad Axe Hatchets that negates that seven-yard pickup 
for the Blake Tulaski and the Banax Hatchets and pushes them back 10 yards from the spot of the foul from the 48 of Harbor Beach on the other side of the 50. And another nice run, going to get negated by penalty, but still a little over three minutes to go in this half. Badex replay of the down, still first down. They've had no issues getting first downs tonight, so I don't think that'll stop the momentum, but it gives Harbor Beach's defense a little breath of life here as a chance to get off the field, preserve this score the way it is, but... Don't be surprised if Bad X calls play action here. The, the throwing game, it's the passing game has worked. Keaton Brown has been absolutely great tonight. Four of six passing today. And he only had one throw that was questionable. He he predetermined where he's going with it. Otherwise, he's made the right reads. The other one was a drop pass. Otherwise, this Bad X offense has clicked on all cylinders other than about three penalties. First and 15 from their own 42-yard line. First down markers at the Hyper Beach 43-yard line. 2.55 left in the second quarter. 21-6, Badex leading by 15. And on offense, receiver wide to the left, single wing to the left. Direct snap to Keaton Brown. He's met in the backfield, at the, and he's going to be down for a loss of a yard. They're going to be generous and say forward progress has him out of the 41-yard line. Tackle made by Grant Spiglinski as well as Colin Rogamuck on that front line. A loss of a yard on the play, second down in 16. That time, Grant Smiglinski is able to get in the backfield, and Keaton Brown runs right into him. Nowhere to go. Those long arms is able to completely stall that run, push him back. And that's a, one of the rare occasions we've seen a run for a loss. And now all of a sudden, with second down and 16, you're seeing Badex really decide that maybe chewing the clock up is a great idea. Every time Harbor Beach comes up with a defensive stop, as few as they may have been so far, Harbor Beach or Bannex goes to the air the very next play and, so far. And it's, it's rewarded it's them worked. big time. Going out in the spread formation, two wide each way, rolling to his right. Keaton Brown goes to pass. It is in the hands at the 45-yard line, caught by number 17, Jack Hollingsworth. He's across midfield to the Harbor Beach 47-yard line. Tackle made by Jacob Booms out of the secondary. Short of the first down marker by four yards, so the clock continues to roll. Third down and four upcoming for the Bad Axe Hatchets inside Harbor Beach territory. Minute 38 left. Easy throw and catch. It's man-to-man -man coverage. Hollinsworth runs a great route, plants his foot, comes back to his receiver or quarterback, shows him his number a little bit towards the sideline. The throw is perfect. And then Hollinsworth does the rest. He goes right to the middle of the defense, plants his foot, and cuts back to the outside. And he makes that defensive back of Harbor Beach look foolish. And he almost gets a first down. Third down and a short four to go now for the Hatchets. From the Harbor Beach 47-yard line, a minute 12 left in the first half. Direct snap to Brown, this time to the left side. Has the lead blocker, has the first down, and pushes his way across the 40 and falls at the 39-yard line. Enough to move the chains. That is a gain of eight on the play. Tackle made by number 32, Jace Knoblock, as well as the ground for the Harbor Beach Pirates. 104 stops the clock momentarily to move the chains. They're going to mark him down right at the 40-yard line, first and 10. Yeah, Knoblock absolutely making a, a shoestring tackle there, but Brown was trying to leap over a downed offensive lineman, just trying to make sure he got that first down. He does, and now the clock rolls under one minute. See if Badax turns on the Jets or if they're just going to be happy with the way this quarter's going. First and 10 from the 40. Back to pass. Brown staying in the pocket. Wide Pump open. Now wide open to Jake McPhee. He breaks out of the tackle from 10. Babcock and falls forward down to the 11-yard line. A nice pickup of 29 yards when all said and done moves the chains into the red zone with 43 seconds before halftime. That play's been there all night, Clark. <laughs> yes, it, has. it really has. And, and Keaton Brown has hit it almost every time but one. And that time, Jake McPhee, that big body, showcases that big number 40 down the field. And he just runs right by his coverage guy. And Babcock's late coming over. It's an easy throw and catch. And then 
McPhee now puts him down in scoring range here just near the 10-yard line. First and 10 from the 12-yard line. Rolling to his right, back to pass. Looks for cross midfield. Through the hands, over top of the hands of Jake McPhee and over the hands of outreached Harbor Beach defenders in the end zone. Falls incomplete. Stops the clock with 31 seconds left. Second down and 10 from the 12. Better coverage there by Harbor Beach. And finally, that defensive line gets in the backfield a little bit quicker. It forces Brown to make a decision, and he makes a good one. Throw it out the back of the end zone. Live to see another day. Uh, I, li- I like that that leadership, that thought process there. We got plenty more tries to score. Don't waste it here and ruin your momentum in halftime by throwing a pick. Throw it out the back of the end zone, and we got a couple more play calls to try and score again. Maddox trying to score for the fourth time this evening, 21-6. Maddox leading currently, knocking on the door for the fourth time. Brown staying in the pocket, looking to pass to his right, down to the far corner of the end zone. This one is in and out of the hands at the very back corner in the near sideline, intended for Hollingsworth. Incomplete. 25 seconds left. Six seconds go off that clock on that play. Third down and 10. Oh, Hollinsworth must be the guy they trust to go up and get that ball. I, I would rather see a guy like McPhee go up and get that ball. But 32 in coverage is Jace Canoblock. And that ball was lobbed as high as he could throw it in the air. Jace Canoblock never turned around. He had no idea where that ball was, he but he early. knew it was coming at him. He completely mistimed it. I guess what I'm getting at, he would have turned around. He could have made a play on that yeah. ball. you got to locate the football as a defensive back. Had a chance to take it away there. Instead, Hollinsworth almost makes a fabulous catch in the back corner. Third and ten. Brown looking to pass to the far corner. This time it's in into the hands of Jake McPhee. Touchdown, Badax. 19 seconds before the half, and Badax strikes for the fourth time. Tacks on another six points. It's now Badax 27, Harbor Beach 6 with a PAT upcoming. Did I mention Jake McPhee in the red zone? <laughs> yes, it couldn't did. have been a perfect, more better timing than that. But Jake McPhee runs a pretty good route for a big guy. He plants his foot on the first down yard marker about the two-yard line, and he turns and runs to the sideline. When he plants that foot, the throw is made by Keaton Brown right on the money, and uh, McPhee uh, McPhee does the rest by outstretching those long arms into the end zone for a nice throw and catch from Brown to McPhee. So with 18 seconds before the halftime locker rooms, Benax now makes us a 27-6 lead with a Griffin-Meinhold PAT on the way. It is... Good. He is 4 for 4 on the night and now makes it 28 to 6. Bad Axe leading by 22 points over the Harbor Beach Pirates in Harbor Beach right here on the WLW Sports Network. seconds before the halftime. Locker rooms and Bad Axe strikes for the fourth time tonight. 28-6. Bad Axe leading the Harbor Beach Pirates. The home crowd here a little bit stunned and for good reason for the Harbor Beach Pirates have not lost to the Bad Axe Hatchets since 2015, winning nine of the past ten games. Now they, they have their work cut out for them they're made a comeback, but this Bad Axe team uh, has has been better from right from the get-go. Yes. Their offense, if game plan has been perfect, they have exposed a defensive running game that they just exposed the up-front guys. They are pushing them back. They are finding the gaps, and they have just run it right down their throats, and that has allowed 
And they go for the onside kick, and Griffin Meinholz <laughs> kick is brought in at the 44-yard line by number 20 for the Harbor Beach Fire. It's on special teams, Matt Hessling. He downs it between him and the ground, and they will have 18 seconds to try and find any sort of offense here. Nothing they've had so far except for one play as they trail by 22 points. Yeah, the onside kick, you had to stop and wait for that because you never know what happens. But what I was saying is they've, they, they've exposed the front seven of Harbor Beach. They have been unable to make stops in the backfield. They're allowing three, four, and five yards of play with ease. Then they let one get broken and then a deep pass. They just don't have a clue what's coming next. Been unable to stop the run. Obvious passing downs. Haven't able to stop that either. So, But the only thing I'll say about them onside kicking it is we know Tan Babcock can throw the ball. So they have, with, with, with timeouts in their pocket, this could be a couple interesting pass plays here before this half's over. Staying in the pocket, Babcock to pass, looking, nothing open, now has to scramble, he has McPhee in front of him, breaks out of that tackle, breaks out of a second tackle, cross midfield and runs out of bounds at the 48 of Badax with 10 seconds left. He made that out of nothing at all. A gain of eight on the play, second down and two with the clock stopped at 10 seconds, trailing by 22. Nice coverage by Badax, but Babcock showing patience in the pocket. Then he shows the ability to be elusive. Jake McPhee was kind of playing soft coverage when he saw the scramble come up to make a tackle. Babcock made him completely miss. So a, a nice athletic move there. Smart gets out of bounds with 10 seconds to go. They may be able to get off two pass plays here if things go well enough. Harbor Beach still in the huddle, taking their time with the clock stopped. Second down and two from the Badax 48-yard line. Right to left cross your radio for this remaining 10 seconds. Two receivers wide each way. Luke Woodkey, as well as number 32 for the Pirates. Chase Knoblock wide to the left. Ten Babcock has Boynton to his right. Stained back to pass. Throws downfield and is in and out of the hands of number 32. Jace Knoblock incomplete. Five seconds remain in this first half. And Harbor Beach facing a third and two. Now that's what they wanted. They wanted uh, 10 to 20 yards get down, get the first down, and then allow Babcock to throw it as far as he can. Now, uh, they're probably too far away to, to make that Hail Mary type play. They're going to have to, in my opinion... Oh, wait, hope for a few broken tackles. Well, they're going to have to find one-on-one coverage and throw it and try to hit somebody on the run. It's the only chance you got from this distance, but uh, an opportunity there for 32, Jace Knoblock to go up and get it, but you could see him look down to find the sideline before he had the football, and that ball slips through his hands because of it. Woodkey and Knoblock go wide right this time. Babcock in the shotgun. Rolling to his left, he's in trouble. Downfield, and he's going to be ripped down at the original line of scrimmage. And that is how the first half will end with a tackle for no gain by Jake McPhee, as well as number 66, Hayden Miles. We've reached 24 minutes of play, and it's the Bad Axe Hatchets with 28 points. Harbor Beach with six, a 22-point lead for the Blue and Gold on the road in week number one right here on the WLW Sports Network.